Welcome back. It's the Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Our holiday special here as we are one day before Christmas Eve. And to help us celebrate, as he does every single Wednesday, it's our guy Freddie Coleman of ESPN Radio. You can check him out weeknights at 9 p.m. Freddie, how are you? Christmas shopping all done? All done with the Christmas shopping. I like to try to get it as done as early as possible, but not trying to start too early. I figured everybody else is going to do that, the whole Black Friday thing. I try to stay away from that as much as possible. Well, good for you, and it's an exciting day here pre-Christmas because we get Celtics opening night tonight. They open up against the Milwaukee Bucks, and they won't have Kemba Walker now for a while. Freddie, i got to tell you, without Kemba, I'm worried about them. Should I be? You shouldn't be worried about them because early on I know that there's going to be a another process to reacclimate him to everybody else, but it's not as if they have to do the whole thing all over again like they did last year, trying to incorporate a new player. They're going to be fine from that standpoint. They have enough guards in this basketball team that will be able to hold the tide in his absence until he comes back. And it's also good to have a Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown that you have to step up and score a little bit more along with Marcus Smart. They have the ability to do that. So, yeah, early on, you don't want to have a slow start to the season, but I don't believe that's going to happen but you want to be playing your best basketball and you get closer and closer to the playoffs. And we've seen time and time again the Celtics have been, been very good at doing that. You know, it looks like I completely underestimated the Brooklyn Nets. I've really just been waiting for Kyrie to torpedo the team, and maybe he will eventually, but based on what we saw last night, they look really, really good. How good do you think Brooklyn can be? They have all the capabilities of getting to the NBA Finals because when you have two of the ten best players in the league and really two of the top eight players in the league in your basketball team and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, then you had a Karis LeVert, who a lot of people love, and also Spencer Dinwiddie, who led this team in scoring last year. And then you got two guys in the front line, DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen, that can protect hire the sharpshooter from the outside. And if they're able to defend, because believe me, Steve Nash has learned a lot of things when he was with Golden State as a consultant. The one thing he really learned was how to have defensive concepts that can make that work. And they have willing defenders led by Kevin Durant. If they play at any kind of level that we believe to the top two of the eight players in the league that they have on their basketball team, that's going to be a very scary basketball team that not a lot of people in the Eastern Conference have that kind of firepower to hang with them. You know, Kyrie said uh, last night that he knows he was a selfish player coming up and that he's not that way anymore. I always want to believe Kyrie, but he feels like that person in a relationship that says they've changed and you put your trust in and then they revert back. Do you think this is a permanent shift in attitude from Kyrie or is it just kind of good lip service that eventually ends? Well, we'll see, number one, but if it's going to be permanent in terms of not just lip service, but this is going to be the way he's going to be, you can break that down to two words, and that those two words are Kevin and Durant because <laughs> those two guys have a great affinity for each other. Whenever that got started, I don't know, but they seem to want to be around each other, not just when it comes to playing on the court, when it comes to basketball. So if that's the way it's going to be for Kyrie Irving, it took a, lot, a guy like Kevin Durant to bring that out of him, then I can't even imagine how much better he's going to be as a basketball player. Kyrie Irving is still going to make it about him because he loves the attention, he loves the limelight, he loves the spotlight. But now he's with somebody that he truly respects based on what we've seen and heard from him about teams he had been on previously, whether it was in Boston or with LeBron James or the Cleveland Cavaliers. So if that's going to be the case going forward, Kyrie Irving, you can look back and say that friendship that developed with Kevin Durant and those two wanting to play together, that's exactly where that became really a true sense of form 
when it comes to Kyrie Irving and being, as he says, a better person and not a selfish person going forward. You know, I have to say this, and I've said this for years up here, I'm not a fan of watching James Harden play. I'm just not a fan of all that kind of iso ball and jab step, jab step, jab step, pump fake, pump fake three. I just don't enjoy watching him play, so I haven't wanted him on the Celtics just from a style of play standpoint, but it's getting really ugly down there in Houston, and the Celtics reportedly have talked about trying to acquire him. What's your overall thought on Harden? I think James Harden takes a bad rap because of how he plays, because that's the style that they had in Houston, where they were going to play ISO basketball with Mike D'Antoni. And even before D'Antoni got there, James Harden was more of a team player than people want to give him credit for. And you don't have to be a fan of it, but that doesn't mean it's not effective. He's not the first person to play ISO basketball in the NBA and be effective. He won't be the last guy to do that. I think a lot of people, they've seen what Golden State's been able to do and what LeBron James did versus Cleveland out the Los Angeles Lakers. They know that the way James Harden and that kind of style is not going to be conducive to a championship. That does mean you blame James Harden for being successful in that kind of system because that's what was able to work for him and the Houston Rockets. I think any place you put him, he has shown the ability that he will adapt and that he will be willing to adapt no matter who you put around him. Now, if you're the Houston Rockets, this can't continue. And that's, that's the one thing I wondered about, Brady. How much of a distraction was this going to be? And how did the Houston Rockets handle that? And I was hoping that James Harden would be more professional. Well, so far, not so good as far as that goes. But if he goes to a team like the Celtics, he does not want to be the guy that's going to upset that flow and that, that rhythm that they have when it comes to being a better basketball team and a championship basketball team. I think people need to give him more credit for being adaptable or be willing to adapt more than they want to right now with James Harden because of what they've seen and heard so far in Houston at the beginning part of the season. Freddie Coleman, ESPN radio host. You can check him out weeknights, 9 p.m. when he's here with us on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. I want to flip it over to the Patriots. You know, I wouldn't say that Cam Newton was blaming the team's COVID outbreak on the season as a whole, but, I, but he did say that he thinks it played a part. Do you think that that's fair of him, or has that just come off as excuse-making? It's not an excuse because they were in a pretty good rhythm and then COVID-19 hit, and then all of a sudden they were thrown out of that rhythm. So I don't think it's an excuse. But I will say this, you Cam Newton, you got to find a way to overcome that because I guarantee you the guy before you would not have made an excuse when it came to COVID-19 and upsetting the rhythm of your football team. you got to find a way that you're going to be the quarterback, if you're going to be the leader, if you're going to be the main guy that is a playmaker, you raise your level and raise everybody else's level around you. So I don't consider that an excuse. As a matter of fact, he spoke the truth as far as I'm concerned but he didn't do a good job of making sure they could overcome that. And that was something that Bill Belichick was hoping to see from him because he didn't have anybody else on that offense that could do that. Julian Edelman was injured, the offensive line was in flux, and the running backs were running backs by committee. It has to be your quarterback. And the quarterback that they have right now was unable to do that. So if you're Bill Belichick going forward, do you believe you put playmakers on Cam Newton that he can be that guy? Or do you say this, I better go and find somebody else who will raise his level and raise everybody else's level around him no matter what the circumstances are. Right now, when it comes to that question, that pocket is still empty regarding Bill Belichick and Cam Newton and whether they're going to have another future together going forward next year in 2021. When you think of the Patriots' situation, they're 6-8 and eight right now, slated to pick you know, 15th in the draft. How bad do you think the situation is? Like, Is this easily fixable? Oh, it's fixable when they get most of the defensive guys back next year. That can solve a lot of problems. But as I said before, Brady, I'll say it again. For the first time in Bill Belichick's career, he has to go out and get playmakers if he believes in whoever's going to play quarterback. Yeah. It can't just be about drafting this guy in the fifth or sixth round and having your quarterback back there raising the level of that guy. For the first time in Bill Belichick's career, especially post-time Brady, 
He is going to have to find playmakers of wide receiver and playmakers of tight end, and he's got to find better offensive line to make sure they can stay healthy. It can't just be about finding this gem of, in the draft, a, a Division two player, a second-round pick, and then you get him there. He, he's better than anybody could have anticipated. That worked when you had number 12 as your quarterback. You don't have number 12 as your quarterback, which means that you got to go out there and have a guy saying, give me the ball, and I can put my team on my shoulders. Right now, they do not have that guy as a playmaker at any position. I don't care if it's quarterback, wide receiver, tight end. And for the first time, Bill Belichick better go out and get those kind of guys to see if this is going to be a, a one-year thing or maybe let's continue downward slide when it comes to the Patriots and Bill Belichick's old age. All right, Freddie, let's get you out of here on some fun kind of holiday rapid fire. Best Christmas cookies to leave for Santa are what? Chocolate chip. I don't think there's any doubt about that. If you're leaving chocolate chip cookies and a glass of milk, he's going to be good to go. <laughs> Best Christmas song that when you're decorating the tree, you're opening presents, the tune you want to hear most. Do They Know It's Christmas by Band-Aid because that's still my favorite Christmas song. I'm not like a Christmas song fanatic, but anytime I hear that song, especially what they were trying to do and what they wound up doing, trying to eliminate famine in Africa, it always makes me smile. Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You, yay or nay? It's still a yay because, and I'll, I'll do this because my wife, Denise, she had a kind of a melody to it. Instead of having uh, all I want for Christmas is you, she said, she just changed on the ching, 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 because that's how much money that song has made from Mariah Carey throughout the years. I like that song. It might be corny. It might be overplayed, but I like it. I'm not really a Christmas song guy either, but I like it, and we like having you as well. Freddie Coleman, ESPN radio host. You can hear him on our station weeknights, 9 p.m., always bringing the noise in the the nighttime into the overnight as well. Freddie, man, we appreciate your relationship with the station, with this show. We wish you and yours a very happy holiday, and we will talk to you again next week. No doubt about it, Brody. Have a great Merry Christmas, and also can't wait to talk to you right before the new year.